0: I went to a
1: marvelous party. Max, most people don't even know
0: the facts. The underlying ideas don't have enough depth to last for the entire season. (laughs) Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first, Eric.
0: Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the DinnerParty with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Welcome to our special live edition of Road Reports of the Dinner Party Show. What makes this so special, aside from the fact that it's live, is that Christopher Rice has returned to his own studio. Welcome to your own show, Christopher. Thank you.
1: It's good to be back on my own show live. Live, 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 live. 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 Monster it, Truck Rally live, live, live. We'd gotten into the habit of not freaking out before we were going to record it, but because it was a live show, we had some broadcast news moments again of running down the hallway and trying to print things out and I, thinking Eric was angry when he really wasn't. Yeah, he just I, always
0: sounds angry. I, I think that the, the use of the term we may be a little misleading here.
1: <laughs> I just I am so <laughs> fucking tired.
0: I am literally I am exhausted. Well, you guys have been oh, everywhere. I am. It's okay, been great so but I'm tired. So the last time when we when we last left the our intrepid book tourers yes. uh, premier party guest, party person Anne Rice and co-host Christopher Rice they were where the hell were you last? New Orleans.
1: I think we had just arrived in New Orleans and uh, we, we recorded the show before or two days before the Lestat ball. So we hadn't had any of that experience to talk about yet and now we do. But we have since been to New Orleans and to Dallas. We were in Dallas actually for several days. Because and no one got shot. No, just want to say it
0: was 100%
1: successful. We did arrive the day before the shooting at LAX, so right? very blessed. Oh I my feel. God, my
0: mom actually called to make sure you two had gotten home safe. If it had happened the day
1: before, we probably would have been rerouted. We would have been in the air when it happened, so our flight would have been forced to land at another in airport. Long Beach. Or Long Beach, right? Everybody, we have friends who were rerouted Everybody to Long Beach. Everybody
0: was rerouted to Long Beach. who was supposed Terrible. to come in that terminal.
1: Terrible. Yeah,
0: it was um, said something like a 160,000 people on 1,500 flights were just, by Because of one complete
1: psychopath. I just, it's amazing. Thank goodness
0: he had a gun. Yeah. And thank goodness he could get all the ammunition and have all the, you
1: know, whatever. So, but this was our first return to the Vampire Lestat fan club's annual gathering of the Coven, oh, I believe, is the How they used did to that go?
0: I bet it was a
1: triumph. You know, it was, it was wonderful, and she got up on the stage and made a beautiful speech. It was filmed by CBS This Morning and included in, or parts of the speech were included in the piece on her yeah. on CBS yeah, This yeah, it Morning. That was a
0: great segment. There was even pictures of you. And
1: I was not very much included in the CBS This Morning segment. However, my former trainer, Beautiful Andre, yeah. who was dressed as the Grace
0: Jones character from
1: Vamp, yeah. you is should depicted have worn largely. a
0: red wig and a pair of underwear, and you too would have been featured. I don't more even know
1: if he had any underwear on. I, I'll have to ask it was him. Very little, a very little, very little. I had to take seven pictures with Andre, which involved my hand resting on the incredibly hard ledge of his butt, and he finally <laughs> turned to me and said, "Girl, what you doing? What you touching?" Get your hand off there. I'm like, it's pictures, Andre.
0: It's not deliberate. Anyway. If you were dressed, this wouldn't seem like such an impersonal (laughs) invasion. You're the one who showed up in your leather jockstrap or whatever it was he was
1: wearing. Absolutely. So, and in keeping with tradition, Andre Hudson is getting more press on my book tour than I am. We're even giving him more press on the show than I you know, I'm getting currently. No, it, it was great. The party was great. I have to say, I was a big fan of the music at the party. In the past, it's been very rock band oriented. It's been very concert-like, but they had violinists and they had uh, oh. dancers that were waltzing on the floor. It was very cool. Very cool. Lovely. And it was at Generations Hall in New Orleans and they had... And they had
0: rock music, too.
1: They did, but the rock music started sort of around the time that Mom and I Later and in all in the of evening. us made our exit. Yes, But you had great. the chance,
0: yeah, to sort of socialize some while the music... It can be, music can be really flattening.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: It's wonderful. I love rock music too, but yeah, it can be like, that's it. That's all that's happening. I will always remember we went to, I went to a friend's birthday party at the old Hard Rock Cafe here, and we were about halfway through the party, and about, oh, I'm going to say 15 feet from the table where where we were eating dinner, a garage band began playing at (laughs) full volume, and... (laughs) I mean, literally, and that was it for the evening. I, it was wonderful. I could actually sit at the table and scream at the top, primal scream at the top of my lungs, and no one could hear me. So mm-hmm. that was kind of fun and liberating. It was like, you know, going someplace in public without any clothes and nobody could tell or something. Right, it was a, right. It was an interesting sort of... But yeah, it did not make for... It kind of broke up the party. It was like, yeah. if you're going to a concert, it's great, but it's hard to compete with the rock band. Exactly, And you... You just came as guests, and there was no book signed or anything. She made a speech and said hello, but it was just you guys were guests of the fan club? The or... night
1: before there had been a meet and greet at St. Alphonse's Church, and if anybody at knows St. Alphonse's
0: Pancake Breakfast. I don't know that where song. Where I stole you the sing that song when it comes out. It's no. Frank Zappa.
1: Okay, well, St. Alphonse's Church is a real place in New Orleans, and Frank Zappa was not there. However, a there lot of people no who vaguely looked like Frank Zappa dressed as vampires were there. Uh-huh. The meet and greet was lovely, and we sat at a table. I sat next to her and People just sort of lined up to shake her hand, and it was a little, it was interesting, but it was a little overwhelming because there were a lot of people there. Um, And it was intense because they're so emotional. The connection that people feel to her work is so emotional, it's so pure, it's so romantic. It's so, we were talking about how different writers with big followings bring out different things in their in their fans, mm-hmm. you know. And I know that, that Stephen King over the years has been subjected to a lot of violence. His fans have actually made threats against him. Oh, and there God. was somebody who broke into his house and said he had a bomb. And, you know, Mom is sort of—I'm not just trying to blame Stephen King or pathologize Stephen King, but Mom's work brings out a different side of people, and they come up with, with real sort of— Pure and very moving reactions to meeting her, yeah. and it was it was very much a lot of people were dressed as the characters, you know, very convincingly and beautifully dressed as the characters. It was really interesting. So that was at a church, and that was a, a chance for everyone to sort of meet Anne. And then Sunday, uh, which was two days after the Vampire Lostot Ball, we did a book signing together at Garden District Bookstore, which was very well attended.
0: Right, your hometown bookstore.
1: Yeah, it was really yeah. cool. Uh, so that was fun. And then that was it. That was our, our tour through New Orleans. I did an event over on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain at 2nd and Charles, which was fun. It was like a small group who asked me a lot of questions about mom, but also a lot of questions about my books. That I was cracked up during that event because the North Shore is sort of like the Orange County of South Louisiana. <laughs> And it's
0: more conservative. It is. It's more
1: conservative and it's really white and it touts itself as being safer than Orleans or Jefferson Parish. And this mother and her son walked into the event and, and they said, I just want to apologize for the fact that we were late, but we saw a man being beaten half to death in front of the store by a gang of people who then threw him in their truck and drove off with him. Oh, my God. So we had to call 911 and give them the make and model of the truck. And I said, well, you're both heroes. I appreciate you making the event at all. But, and, you know, wow, welcome to the North Shore.
0: (laughs) Where it's much safer.
1: Yeah, it was really... Lord, Yeah, it was crazy. It and was you crazy. also
0: had a really sort of marvelous experience. You said driving out there. It was just a particularly stunning day to drive out to.
1: It was beautiful. It was. It, I had always been told, and I'm not sure it's actually true, that if you're in the middle of the causeway, the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, which I believe is about 21 miles long. It's a ways. You can't see land on either side. Well, I think for that to be true, it actually has to be kind of a hazy day. This day was so beautifully clear that I could see land on both sides the entire drive, but I could see downtown, and I could see the whole expanse of New Orleans. The one thing that was a little alarming is you can see how below sea level it is. You look at the downtown skyline, and you can see the beginning of the buildings begin below the (laughs) waterline of Lake Pontchartrain. (laughs) And it hurt my heart just a little bit, you know. or freaked me out just a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful weekend in New Orleans, and a beautiful trip all around. And then Dallas was pretty great too. Dallas, we have a lot of family in Dallas, and they all came to the Barnes and Noble. I'm in sure people Park. will
0: from Dallas will be thrilled to hear that they were pretty great. Too. <laughs>
1: Actually, I have to say, I sold more books in Dallas. I probably sold more books in Dallas than in any other city we've been to on tour. New Orleans was probably second. What I found out after the signing is that there was a stack of my books right next to the table where we were signing. So as people got up to the end of the line, there was a woman who worked for Barnes & Noble hand-selling my book to people. You sure you don't want to get Chris's book, too? So. Three chairs for Dallas, as far and, as I'm concerned. And
0: Barnes and & Noble. That's yeah. a pretty good technique. Yeah. The impulse buy, right? Why not? Have other things at the table. That's a really good idea it in is. general. It Merchandise is. other. You sign all the stock anyway. Just have it sort of there at the mm-hmm. table.
1: Absolutely. So that
0: if people were like, oh, you know what? I would love to have the complete compendium that chronicles things that Barnes & Noble has made of your yeah. mom's work. Or, oh, Christopher's other books. Hmm, maybe mm-hmm. I will catch up on some of the back stock as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great idea. I think I that's worth sort of causing to happen. Yeah. You know, if they were just on the table. Right, absolutely. Piled around you when you were mm-hmm. doing a signing.
1: I have to say one of the highlights of the New Orleans stay that I glossed over was doing the local morning show with my friend <laughs> Christian LeBlanc, who was getting very sick arrived the night before on a late flight and we had to be up at about 5 or and 6 in the morning. And you have it now. Whatever he, he
0: had, he gave it to you. Yeah,
1: I was a double hatter. Mom Thanks, had Christian. it and Christian had it and they both gave it to me. But the um, he he used the term orgy on on the morning show. He said we were both there for an orgy of events, which I I and I don't think the use of the term orgy is is uh, smiled upon during morning television. In really? the deep south, the host Eric Paulson actually said you could have not used the term orgy, Christian, but okay. And I said yes, Christian. You actually did just say orgy on a morning show, so that was fun. And uh, we <laughs> talked over each other constantly. <laughs> and it turned out in the midst of the appearance, the hosts had their own book signing at the same time as my event on the North Shore. So they, as the segment continued, they less and less promoted that event on the North Shore. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're not going to talk about that other event because it's the same time we're signing copies of our inspirational book that we've written. So, oh my god, they were the sort
0: of people who had written an inspirational it was book. An so inspirational yeah, they might have been touchier about yeah. the term. Orgy just means an embarrassment of riches. Is right? that like what it means? A lot. Like I, I, assi- like I think that the sexual connotation is actually grafted onto the. Oh, I didn't know that. It, I think that. I think that it's a Roman sort of concept. I may be making this up, but it seems to me that it has more to do with sort of a ver- an excessive sort of party. Hmm. And I think in the Roman sense, it would have probably included sex as part of that or as an option in that. But I don't think it's a requirement.
1: hmm so I, I would I think this is a question for our party people
0: since right? we're live. Since we're live. Look it up, guys. Is it is does orgy actually like have to mean sex? I don't think it actually is a sexual term. I think it, it we've come to use it that way, but I think that if you were to have an orgy of chocolate or dessert or whatever Uh, it would still be an orgy.
1: This is a very good question and one that I think, from my experience with them, our party people are well-equipped to answer for us. Speaking of party people, we met one of them you were there as well. That was yesterday here in Los Angeles. Mom and I did a big signing at The Grove at Barnes & Noble. Right?
0: That was so much fun. And we met a number of people who were fans of the show, which was really lovely. Philip Cohen in particular brought us a wonderful illustration of The Littlest Coke Whore. Which is a Jordan Ampersand Christmas story. I think that's a, the heartwarming Christmas special.
1: We'll have to get a picture of this up on our
0: Facebook I page. Think so. Or I bet if Philip is listening and he said he was going to when he mm-hmm. emailed me or Facebook mailed me or whatever you call it, face that mail, it's face mailed me. Um, maybe he can post it and or send it to Shea Butters and we can put it up on the the Facebook page while we're talking. That would live. be live. It would be very high tech. What is the little Jordan Ampersand up to? Do we even know he went to New York to find Fitzpatrick and then that was it? Oh, I'm sorry. It's me. You're going to ask okay. me? Like, I All haven't right. seen him, and I'd like to thank everyone responsible.
1: Okay. Well, he'll including be back Jordan, soon. If it's he'll possible. Oh, gutty. Yeah, no, he's scheduled. We're back to our regular format on November 17th. We're going to have a, a two-hour live cast as Are usual. we indeed? Yes, we are. And Jordan is scheduled to That's file really a report. soon. Yeah, it is really soon.
0: <laughs> you still want to make that problem? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we, we should talk about it before i go out of town for 4 days again
0: we should really talk about it cuz yeah. i'm not the one flying away yeah like i
1: uh, we go to san francisco tomorrow i am
0: i am did i mention that i'm tired
1: yeah really you guys tired. have been a lot
0: of places it's been a really great tour i think it's been a very successful tour in terms of yeah getting people Wonderful crowds, getting the word out there, and getting a lot of new interest for this whole new supernatural turn in your career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Mom's werewolf novel, her second installment in the Wolf Gift Chronicles. It
0: premiered on the New York Times bestseller list. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Still selling very well. still on the New York Times bestseller list, so we're very happy about that. Excellent. I am not on the New York Times bestseller list. However, in another book season, I would have been. Yeah, it's
0: really like when you look at who's on the list right now, it's really all the Anne Rice's, right? It's, it's all... like
1: a joke. It's every heavy hitter. Not only is it every heavy hitter, they're all bringing out sequels to their most famous books. John Grisham, uh, Sycamore Row. his latest book is a sequel to A Time to Kill, which is, what, 15 years old, yeah. that novel? Uh, Pat Conroy, the death of Santini, which is a sequel to the Great Santini, which is what twenty years old. I mean, it's At least, like
0: yeah, it it really is a kind of astonishing yeah group of people. So your sales have been yeah remarkable, Very but. Good. But it's but but the the New York Times bestseller list grades on the curve, so it does. I it's mean, all about quantities. And, uh, and what if I've you always have huge quantities. If everybody if you've got these other people with giant right.
1: quantities, and that the New York Times bestseller list, which I'd never say correctly because there's an S in there that I was bestsellers list. Um, it, it it really is your rise. It's not the actual excuse me number of copies sold. It's how quickly you rose when you when you hit the market, and it, and it depends largely on how many of your book they printed. You know, they have to print a certain number for you to really even be in contention. And so authors will know in advance, okay, well they only printed ten thousand copies of my book. It's not gonna make the list. <clears throat> but but it is how quickly you shot up. And so what happens recently is that a lot of people get pre orders like I did and they they will place in their first week and then they'll fall off immediately because pre-orders even if they were 3 or 4 months in advance are all reported as first day sales. I can talk on and on about the business. But it's
0: thing. really interesting and I think one of the things it's worth saying is that thanks to everybody who bought the book in advance cuz it really did have an impact on yes. sales overall.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's such a complicated thing now like it's there's something called algorithm feeders, where if a book is pre-selling um, very well, that the, the digital bookstores like Amazon and the Barnes & Noble web version, they will give your book better placement in certain directories and menus. It's just an infinitely complex process
0: infinitely
1: infinitely i'm trying not to sneeze currently
0: how's that going
1: it's i I wish people could see my face hang on let me reach over and get these eric shaw quinn is getting me some kleenex meantime i'll be reading pages 14 through 300 in the phone book just in case do they still have the phone book okay that was a good thing we don't have a cough button or a sneeze button on the dinner party show people ask us that though right they're like where's the cough button we should have a belch button You know what? I have not belched but twice since this show started. On the air? That was a cough. That was not a belch. Have you
0: belched twice on the air since the show started?
1: I don't think people could hear, but there was little moments. You notice if my face goes <laughs> like cartoon all of a sudden, it's because I hit in a belch. But anyway, so Eric Shaw Quinn, I have had espresso and talked a bunch about me. What have you been up to in my absence?
0: Well, I've mostly been, you know, thinking about you, Christopher. Oh, you're the bestest friend. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, there's been relatively little going on. I've been writing mostly. I'm working on the. God, I thought it was going to be an edit on this book that I've already written. And it's actually turned out to be very much from the ground up rewrite of the book. So it's taken longer than I expected. But I have finally, I think, kind of turned a corner with some of the just deciding on how to approach it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's just challenging to me, Mm -hmm. you know, how how I'm going to tell the story. I told it one way when I first wrote the book and talked with an editor with wonderful David. um, David Groff. Right, who's working with me on the book, um, and we've come up with some different directions. And as as a result, I'm I'm rethinking how I want to tell this story. It's still kind of the same story, but it's from a different sort of point of view. Interesting. And so it's been it yeah it has been more of an event than I thought it was going to be. It hasn't been just you know tweaking some things. Like there's been really like wholesale rewriting large sections of the book so it's it's taken longer but it's kept it's been very sort of engaging in a challenging sort of way
1: Yeah, right right but yeah
0: so that has really been you know the main thing that I've uh that I've been working on and I've sort of been keeping up with this and that in the news and the news. Yeah. We have
1: some things from the news that we're going to talk about when we come
0: back. But, yeah, uh, I always have something to say about what's going on in the news. Always
1: has something to say. That's always. why we're doing a show together.
0: Always, always. And uh, so, But we're, uh, we're right at the breaking point, so it's a good time to take a little pause. You can Absolutely. go blow your nose and get past this whole sneezing thing that's Yeah, right. been overcoming. You find some more Kleenex and... Uh, Everybody in the dinner party drunken whore. Everybody go drink. Everybody drink. Yeah. Oh yeah, she ran in the the marathon today. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so we'll talk about that too. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and this is the Dinner Party Show, and we'll be right back. And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the dinner party show what it is. Best Served
2: Warm. Hi, I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. Are you tired of art? Are you tired of the damage art does to your friendships? Are you tired of friends who move to Venice Beach and become weird and make miniature cities out of old toothbrushes and expect you to drive like a million years out to the boardwalk so you can watch them set them on fire before the cops show up on segways and everyone has to start running? This is what art does to people. just because you live in a big city that's fun and full of cool things doesn't mean you have to like art or what it does to your close friends fashion is not art it's better you can take it off after a few hours art never goes away and why do people who like to sketch end up living in such sketchy neighborhoods do they just not understand the word There are simple steps you can follow to protect yourself when your friends come down with a case of art. If one of them invites you to their art opening, just tell them you're allergic to exposed pipes and 15-year-old Moby songs. If one of them tells you they're doing a play and they can't describe the story in like three lines or name a song from it, that means it's performance art and you have to kill them. Seriously, you have to stop them. Performance art needs to be stopped. I went to this one thing like last year downtown and I still have fish scales up my butt and I can't hear out of my right ear. I fucking hate performance art. Anyway. Don't let art ruin your friendships the way it is ruining some of mine who shall remain nameless until Dimitri Sandels gets his brain back and moves back from the beach like a normal gay. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm.
0: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. My co host Christopher Rice is currently on nationwide book tour with his mother, novelist Anne Rice. Christopher is promoting the release of his first supernatural thriller, The Heavens Rise, and Anne is celebrating her new novel, The Wolves of Midwinter, the second installment in the Wolfgift Chronicles. A complete tour schedule is available on Christopher's website, wwwchristopherricebooks Rice Books, that's all one word, ChristopherRiceBooks.com. But I want to keep you posted on what they're up to week to week, so if there's an event in your area, you won't miss your chance to meet Ann and Christopher in person. This week, Ann and Christopher head to the city by the bay with a joint signing in San Francisco on Tuesday, November 5th at the Books, Inc. in Opera Plaza at 7 p.m. And on Saturday, November 9th in Burbank, California, Christopher will be giving a talk about his new book at BentCon. Hailed as a new gay Comic-Con, BentCon is a conference of LGBT fans of comic books and genre fiction and films. The talk will begin at 3:30 p.m. at the Los Angeles Burbank Marriott Convention Center. That's this Saturday, November 9th. More details about all of these events can be found on the complete tour schedule at www.christopherricebooks, that's all one word, christopherricebooks.com. More importantly, if you can't make any of these events in person, don't hesitate to contact the stores directly. Many will have signed copies of both Christopher and Anne's books available for sale online. The Heavens Rise and the Wolves of Midwinter, currently on sale wherever books are sold. But don't miss the chance to meet Christopher and Anne in person as their nationwide book tour continues. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and we now return you to the Dinner Party Show. And we're back with our very special live Road Reports edition of The Dinner Party Show with our very special guest and... Regular co-host, <laughs> not, <laughs>
2: not a for gas. <laughs> What's live on in the here? studio? What's
0: going on on my show? Not anything. We're just glad to have you home, even if it's just for a minute. We did just did save me San Francisco, and you're we're going off to, San to San Francisco, Francisco. Francisco. tomorrow. Train, by the way, anybody yes, who train
1: save me San Francisco. Also, we adjusted our feed level. We heard some complaints about the volume, so we yes, brought the up the volume. First
0: time ever, people said that we weren't loud enough. Not like I've, Eric I've Shaw, never, Quinn, I've never had anybody say that to me before it was was kind of a weird experience i'm I'm a little emotionally overwrought
1: yeah but yeah no we played that song because we're off to san francisco and then tuesday night we are signing at books inc and opera plaza at 7 p.m i believe but check the schedule for the exact time and i'm sure shea butters can put that up on our facebook page currently but yes we're in san francisco then mom is continuing on to vancouver I am not allowed to enter the city of Vancouver after the last time, but we won't talk yeah. about that. Something having to do with Jordan I, Ampersand. Yeah. Never, don't go to Canada with Jordan Ampersand. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, but uh, and I will be going to Toronto the Which week after. Which is also in
0: Canada, I would point out. With but but the mayor. Is where the, badness but the mayor is. in Toronto is apparently yeah. sort of like all in. Yeah, so. I used to smoke crack with that mayor. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Never smoked crack. Jordan, and, and we don't even know that that mayor actually did. He still says no. The people so.
1: who despise him are very sure that he smoked that crack. But yeah, anyway. The people
0: who are in favor of him say that there's a mitigating circumstances. <laughs> right. Isn't that always? The whatever. Way. Like, it's still, like, what else would you say? I know, really.
1: Anyway, I can't forget about the party people that I will meet and the party people that well, you I have met. Did an met. interview with uh, Sumiko Salson, who is a Bay Area resident who I will be meeting at the signing on Tuesday night excellent. interviewed me for her blog. Very cool. One of our most loyal and devoted party people. Buffy Peterson, I'm being told, will be driving in eight hours round trip to be at the event on Saturday, on on Tuesday evening. What a trooper. She's great, and we love Buffy. I met Greg Wilkie, and I said to Greg Wilkie, I'm going to bottle your accent and give it to the man I marry, because it's the cutest accent I've ever heard. (laughs) I don't know if he thought that was inappropriate or not. He's married to a lovely woman who I also met and uh, took some pictures with. So I've been meeting a lot of people along the way that Wasn't listen to Wasn't there somebody who
0: you tried to chase down to give a book to?
1: Oh, <laughs> my. <laughs> God, Michael Rakowski, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Michael Rakowski, who we have owed a signed book to because he was one of our contest winners. We never sent him the book. He came to the event in Philadelphia. He was very sweet. We had a nice long chat as I signed a book that he was buying. He left the store and I was like, why am I feeling hinky about Michael Rakowski? Why am I oh my God, we never gave him that book. I completely freaked out. I messaged him on Facebook from the store. I said, if you can't make it back in time, because I think he was taking a train out of town, uh, I'll buy you a book, I'll leave it, and he made it back right as I was signing the book, so that is healed. M. Ross Michaels, on the other hand, we still have to get him that copy of Dan Savage's book. I can see it from here. <laughs> it's still here in the studio. But you know what? We had a hard time getting in touch with M. Ross yeah, Michaels, that's whereas it. Michael Rakowski, we never fault had a hard time getting it's in touch. Blame
0: with. the victim time we here at the, the Dinner, dinner Party Show. Absolutely. Yeah, so, we'll we'll send that out one of these days. We one swear. One of these we really days. we actually have it. It's actually here. So It's here. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so read the e-version and we'll send you a hardback for your permanent collection. And
1: we've also been doing or I should say I've been doing with Mom's help, one hell of a bookmark campaign. Everybody's book is getting a Dinner Party Show bookmark, Aww. which I have to say they're very beautiful. We did a good job on
0: We're those really bookmarks. clever. We're you're very yeah, really clever. Are. So they're great bookmarks. Don't miss out on them. They'll be in San Francisco and then in Toronto and Toronto. possibly in Vancouver. And our last
1: currently scheduled event is in Tempe, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix. It's basically in Phoenix.
0: Biggest, I think one of the biggest signings I ever did was in, it was in Glendale, but it was in yeah. the suburb of Phoenix. So yeah. brace yourself.
1: I have to say our experience on this tour has been the, the more outside of a major U.S. city we've been, the greater the turnout. You know, people who don't aren't often blessed with book events will really come out in full force if an author, I think of mom stature, visits their town. Lexington, Kentucky was our longest signing. It was a three-hour signing. And a lot of people bought my book, too. Well, so I will grateful. say
0: yesterday there was a huge crowd in Los Angeles, which is pretty in the market. They yeah. had all four floors. There was a line on all four floors. And then outside, I have lines like mo- uh, movie premiere. Yeah. No. At the Grove for uh the big signing yesterday, so
1: girls still got game. I'm telling you. And I'm not talking about us. I'm big talking crowds. about her. Yeah, yeah. She still brings them out. But um, a lot of them are coming up and saying that they're buying my book for the first time, which is very cool because this is where I'd like them to start.
0: Yeah, and it's a you know it's a new uh, it's a new genre. I think that the people who already enjoy your writing will will find that the same sort of commitment to character and good storytelling that have been a part of all of your books is still there. But there's a whole new dimension. So your fans will I just think enjoy that a continuation of what they've already come to appreciate. But people who love the supernatural will. Not be disappointed cool. with the heavens rise. Cool, excellent. Well,
1: because we're live, <clears throat> excuse me, we have some questions from our party people,
0: and we also had people weigh in on the whole orgy question. Which apparently there's a big definition posted from Todd, I
1: believe, Todd Barcelo has on the on the Facebook definition. page.
0: But it's basically, I was right. It's not sexual. It's just a wild party, and you know, sex happens at wild parties, but so do a lot of things. Thanksgiving is an orgy of food. Orgy is a
1: wild party involving excessive and unrestrained behavior.
0: So and that's that could still just Thanksgiving. Be, you
1: know, volatile opinions <laughs> about the latest Thor film. Which would be pretty much all of our dinners. I know. That would be. So every dinner with Eric is an orgy. That's right, because there's lots of wild. I opinions. smell marketing campaign. The Orgy
0: Party Show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pardon me while I cough up our marketing campaign. Right. So, anyway, let's see what we have in the questions from the party people. Michael Rakowski. Here he is. We were just talking about Uh, him. Hi, Michael. He wants to know, is Anne really that short or is Craig Ferguson a giant? I've met Anne a couple times and don't remember her being petite. I think the answer to both of those questions is yes. Mom is very short, and, and Craig, Craig Ferguson, Ferguson is, is a very giant. Tall.
0: Yeah, yeah, but Anne is, Anne is actually much shorter than me, which takes some doing. Or, ordinarily, you would have to have parts of your legs removed to be much shorter than me. <laughs> so, Anne is now on her way to the studio to pull the plug on this <laughs> live broadcast. Anne has not had parts of her legs removed. She just is much shorter than. Than even me, and I'm pretty short. So, Mom yeah. is
1: five foot two, which is incidentally how I about as tall as I like my boyfriends to be. Right. Weird. Right in. Right. But. Edible. <laughs> Edible. Just weird. Just full-on weird. Weedable. Weedable. Uh, somebody did write me on Twitter and praised my use of pocket gaze in *The Heaven's Rise*, because Ben Broyard, the the gay main character of the book, is five two.
0: So you wrote about your ideal gay friend. I wrote
1: about my ideal gay boyfriend. Anyway. Uh, okay, so... That's
0: one she, way to get one.
1: Um, Todd Barcelo, since the book tour appears to have been a smashing success thus it really far... It has been. Do you think, Christopher, that you will attempt something similar in the future? No, I'm actually never going outside again. I don't want to ever be that's outside. It, that's it. For, and her? I'm sick of her. I'm sick of her. No. We're having actually a great yeah, time. Yeah, I think
0: it's been a wonderful event. You guys, have all the fun stories, and you guys have had a big time. We've had a wonderful time.
1: It is very exhausting, but I, I have to say, I was not used to signing for an Anne Rice length line, and the first, uh, it was actually our second night in New
0: York City. Have you amended mm. your um, boarding school signature? Uh, no protocol.
1: No. I. Th- what's amazing is I get a lot of positive feedback on my signature, and Mom's like, eh, "I don't know, looks all right." <laughs> She's never thought I had really great handwriting. She has amazing Catholic schoolgirl handwriting. Uh-huh. She does her signature. Also, her name is shorter. I just like to point out Anne Rice is shorter than Christopher Rice, so I have more to sign. Anyway, it's a mute point because I'm signing less books than her. But New York City, <laughs> I had too much Diet Coke. Oh my god! And about an hour and a half in, I looked at mom and I looked at the Random House publicist Kim Thornton, who's been amazing, and I said, "Guys." I have to stop the line. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm really sorry. And I, having never been in this position before, I was horrified at what I was doing. But they were like, "Yeah, okay." And in, the good news is, enough people were buying my book that it was actually, you know, it was, it was, you know, it would have been a loss if I had just got up and left the table to go right. pee. <laughs> anyway, I know I told this story before, but I can't stop telling it because it's, you know, because once brag. you start
0: peeing, you really just can't stop. <laughs> once you start peeing.
1: So anyway. Um, we I think what Todd means is are we going to attempt a tour together in the future and I certainly wouldn't rule it out and we're, we're not both of us are still I mean part of it of is that both of your books came
0: out at the same time I yeah. think that was part of what happened that it was sort of a confluence of affairs so we don't know if that's going to happen again but yeah I can't think why you wouldn't I, I in fact I honestly think it would be a great idea from publishing in general to have I don't want to say gang signings but to have a number of their authors yeah. go out as a group to bring because you get as you all have experienced the sort of crossover sales if you all were out with everybody from your your publishing group
1: yeah, we t- a group of mystery writers and I had talked about it, I think actually including Jan Burke, who's been a guest on the show, on our second show, talked about the idea of a bus tour with a group of mystery writers. Why not? You know, but yeah, it's like everybody's sort of putting in together and contributing and acting in a collective manner. Socialism. Yeah. Let's bring socialism to the book world. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In a
0: way, I'm I kidding. guess. I'm it's really, totally it's kidding. not very socialist, but whatever. Um, yeah.
1: Amy Bellino. Amy, do I always mispronounce your last name? I always want to say Amy Bigino, because it's two L's. Bellino. Amy Bellino, who lives in Miami, and I just want Italian. What do you do with your cats when you travel? <laughs> will you hire an assistant like Beckett? Oh, no, Beckett is way too expensive. Do you think your cats would make good assistants so they could travel with you on the road? I will say I flew back from Las Vegas a few weeks ago. With a service cat, not mine, but a woman who had a cat with her, which she claimed was a service cat. A service
0: cat. cat. A service cat. Really? I, have I think s- I saw that cartoon. Uh-huh. A, a service, service cat. cat. I'm a service cat. What what service did this cat perform?
1: I, d- I did not see it make any tea or espresso. So as far as I'm concerned, yeah, no services it? for it. Had it? It was very well behaved. Its head was poking out of its carrier the whole flight, and it didn't. Make any noise or scratch anyone, or it was very much like. But no, it wasn't like my cats. My cats service, awful. yeah. Your
0: cats would have been a nightmare on a plane. <laughs> I would have cracked the window and tossed them out.
2: Cats on a plane. Ah!
0: Yeah, service cat. That is the most dubious thing I've ever heard.
1: Yes, it is dubious. And I, but I will say this: no,
0: the most dubious thing I've ever heard is the thought that that drunken whore actually completed. <laughs> The, the New York City Marathon today. The That's fuck right. fuck are you doing? Everybody drink.
1: Speaking of which. And we both
0: went to the bathroom, so did, have did, two drinks. Didn't
1: she uh, cut her hair off?
0: She did, or she burned part of it off on a crack pipe and had to, like, <laughs> even it out. I'm not sure what the hell happened I'm with so her hair. I'm glad but,
1: we're insured. But
0: um, she, yeah, no, there, there's the whole, like, uh, she may well have completed the never having run, as she said, across the street in her life. She may well have completed the New York City Marathon in five hours, Mm -hmm. only an hour over the time that the woman who won completed in, averaging 13-minute, yeah, averaging 13-minute miles for 26 miles. That may have happened, Mm -hmm. but my experience of her as being the chiseling, lying cheat that she is, I doubt it. I think she probably took a cab (laughs) and just got out near the finish line. Like, there's been a surprising lack of pictures. (laughs) Dubious. Anyway, back to Amy's question. The other more dubious thing, other than service (laughs) caps.
1: Oh, there they are. There we go. Um,. I do. My cats are visited by a lovely woman named Miriam,
0: who is uh, she's my housekeeper, and she's fantastic, and she loves the cats. She's everybody's housekeeper. She's my housekeeper. She's your housekeeper. She's yes. Anne's housekeeper. Eric she's has forced her on everyone. She's the dinner party show's housekeeper. No, she's so wonderful. Everybody wants Miriam to come no, over to the their lovely.
1: house. She's lovely. I love Miriam, and and the cats love Miriam. Uh, the cats. There was a moment when I returned when they were like, mm-hmm, you are, I'm not really One sure. of your
0: cats has more a longer connection to Miriam Yes. than he has to you. Yes. He was a cat that you inherited from a friend. A
1: friend who saw Cotton, my baby, and went and bought a cat from the same breeder and
0: then didn't name it. We, Miriam and I used to call the cat no say, because, no say because nobody knew what the cat's name was. So we called him No Say because we didn't know.
1: How's No Say? So when I got the cat because the friend had to change living situations and he couldn't keep the cat. so Which he hardly knew. It. Oh, do I have a cat? <laughs> he came to live with me and I named him Morgan because he's a regal horse-like cat with massive codependency issues. Huge cat.
0: Huge cat. Gigantic.
1: Nikolai Kali, I didn't pronounce that correctly. She wants to know, do Anne and Chris ever fight over who is the better writer? (laughs) Yeah, they arm wrestle. (laughs) No, I'm better. No, I be better. No, you are better. No. Uh, Who's on first? No, we do not. Or whose book is the top seller? Well, you know what's interesting is
0: we could argue about that as much as we want, but, but the it, market will actually it's decide. It's actually that yeah. For it's sort us. of like those people on that weird network where they just make up facts, you know, to suit whatever story they're Which telling. Which network would that? Is that be? one sort of alleged news network oh, that really just oh bullshit mountain. Yeah, as bullshit John mountain. Calls I believe it, is what yeah. John Stewart calls it. But yeah, like there's actually a way to determine who's the best-selling author. So well, Nikolai would like
1: to know. Just curious how do two egos survive in the same space? Well, I actually don't... That is interesting. I don't really have an ego. I don't... I'm I'm, I'm very, like... Chris and I managed to do this show one week at a time. That's the question you should be asking, Nikolai. How do these two egos manage to survive in the same studio? I have to say, you and your
0: mom are... Your mom is such a supportive person. She's really wonderful. And you and your mom have been so, like, a part of in each other's corners. And I think it's kind of true here, too. Totally. We're always in each other's corners because... I don't know. I guess some things, because of things like the New York Times bestseller list or the box office listings or the Billboard magazine, there is the tendency to see art in a competitive kind of atmosphere, but there's nothing really competitive about it. Katy Perry was talking about this. Now, it's easy for her to talk because she's apparently doing very well with Roar and the new Mm -hmm. Prism and the whole new release of her uh, campaign, but that, that they don't see it that way mm-hmm. that and and i don't really either i'm i'm for other artists i'm i i try and be supportive to other artists i don't see it as i sold more books than you meaning anything right like there are books that i love that maybe haven't sold as many copies as books that i don't think as much of right right you know i've yeah. read some books that sold lots of copies that I'm not as crazy about. Well also
1: let's be fair too I'm not trying to write vampire novels or, or really witch novels there's always been a sense that there's been some some shadings and distinctions between what I'm trying to do and what mom is trying to do and I think that kind of helps. We have that same dynamic too a lot of your work is more comic and a lot of my work makes people want to jump off ridges after right. slitting their wrists and being chased by a monster. So you know there's some distinction there and I think that helps when you're going to collaborate on a third thing like a radio show or a book tour right. in that sense um,
0: I understand it doesn't create any sort of competition there is no engagement yeah. at that level the idea is to get out and sell books for the book exactly. tour or to get the radio show on the air and do the best but job listen, possible
1: but listen the, the, the reason that the book tour is working is because she and I have such a good relationship we really do and Honestly, we always have because she's such a good mom she really is. She's such a good mom, and I don't mean that lightly. And and you're such a good friend, which is why this show works, too. And you put up with me sort of going catatonic with nervousness 30 seconds before <laughs> we go live on the air. Because we really, really do. I just go completely bonkers before we go live. And Eric's like, did anyone see that game? What's the World Series? Is it soccer? Anyway, and you're always just so fun
0: and full of life. I really am always so fun and full of life. Yeah. Anyway. I think um, everybody's full of life until they aren't anymore. Well, that is like a Zen Cohen. You just,
1: is that what you call them? Zen Cohen's? <laughs> okay. Zen Cohen. Is Zen Cohen. A, I, it's a Jewish guy. A Jewish that, tea yeah, shop. Yep. Yeah. Zen Absolutely. Cohen. Zen Cohen. Anyway, so do we have another question? Yes. Uh, Angelica, I can't pronounce your last name. Uh, Angelica, I think Shea Butter has improvised it as Nikatray. How, does, how do Chris and his mom do it traveling and signing so much it must be exhausting all the traveling? The traveling is the worst part, I have to say. The, the two 6 a.m. flights I had in a row, which mom incidentally didn't have, were brutal. They were absolutely brutal. But you're doing it for something that's ultimately a blessing. And I think that's what keeps you focused on on the goal. Like, when they don't want you to travel that early to get to their city, it means they're not paying any attention to your goddamn book. (laughs) You know, like, you learn very quickly when you complain about your book tour, you'll hear from all your other writer friends who aren't being invited to go on book tours. You know, so I think that's... That's what keeps me doing it. But it is it, learning how to take care of yourself. Like it's been hard, you know, especially being sick. You have to you have to prioritize and you have to be in the moment that you're actually in, which is very challenging when you have the week scheduled for you. You want to sure. live in Thursday. How am I going to make that flight on Thursday? How am I going to do that? But you have to be present and available for the bookstore manager you're meeting on Tuesday, if you're in Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I always think of what it must be like uh, for musicians who go on tour for mm. five, six months at a time, all over the world. Like, you know, the the physical demands of doing a nightly show combined Absolutely. with every week you're in a new city. Uh, huge. Yeah, And you really do have to sort of create a kind of bubble around you to yeah. sort of make it possible to... To show up for what you need to, and then still be in good health and well rested, and that sort of thing. I think party partying can be antithetical. Oh yeah, and, and
1: when I was younger. in in a drinker and doing this the Density of Souls book tour with a constant hangover (laughs) I mean and you know what I'm bummed out because I missed out on a lot of the emotionally great parts of that experience because I just didn't feel well because I was partying and oh I have to be on CBS good morning in the morning I'll just go out for two hours with my friends in New York City and then do an interview with Bryant Gumbel with one eye open and a bad attitude which is what I did you know I don't behave that way anymore because I've been taught that this is a a remarkable experience to be had. Having and, I, and I try to have it to the best of my abilities. But I have my moments.
0: Right. But I think that's true of all of life. Right. You know, like to try and show up for the whole experience. It's like, it's always, it's easy to, I always say it's, you know, it's easy to have fun at a party. Mm-hmm. Most of life is not. Mm-hmm. And if you can have fun in all the other places that you go, then the party is a cinch. Right, right. But yeah, it's work. I mean, a book tour is work. You're a lot better at being present than most people. I learn from you. I just don't. My memory isn't long enough. I can't remember where else I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's see. Do we have like any more a questions? Always in a day. Oh, look where we are.
1: That's those are the questions we have. I think Mom is causing trouble on the Facebook page. She's, She's starting to cut her hair off. If she could cut her hair off, and I'm wondering if it's because there all of those pictures of that drunken lady with her hair the off.
0: drunken whore <laughs> the fuck her... are you doing <laughs> there she is <laughs> <laughs> oh, sue, anyway where would we so, be without sue simmons uh,
1: well i've been on book tour and 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 full of myself and you've been monitoring the news
0: well, here at home uh, monitoring may overestimate my but y- you're aware of what's going on uh, because like you are... you talk about it while i fall asleep on the phone, right not because you're
1: boring but because i'm so tired
0: yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> so, uh, what is, what is this what the fuck is Edward Snowden doing I swear now? to god, it was the I, I don't know if anybody saw the New York Times this morning, but Edward Snowden now apparently thinks that enough time has passed and his contribution has been so important yeah. to American culture as he has inserted himself as an unelected official into national policy along with Der Spiegel magazine and that jerk Glenn Glenn Greenwald, and the Guardian, which yeah, yeah. like if you, I just want to say at the top of this, if somebody has given you a bunch of information that you want to reveal, then just reveal it. That makes you a journalist. But if you withhold it and wait to release it in increments to be damaging and to insert yourself into every new. Um, public policy, international event that happens and unfolds, then you're inserting yourself as an unelected part. I didn't vote for any of those people. Mm -hmm. I'm all for freedom of speech, so go ahead and finish talking and let us move forward. No one in this process has had anybody's best interest in mind other than their own. And Mr. Snowden is the best example. He thinks that because he didn't call Congress, didn't call— my. Senator, is on the the, uh, House Intelligence Committee and commented in the the New York Times article. Yeah, wonderful lady and very open-minded. And as she said, if he'd wanted to be a whistleblower, he had the opportunity to contact her. She was cleared to see all the documents he later stole and gave to people who aren't cleared to see them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the only thing that Edward Snowden has actually pointed out is that Way too many people have security clearance who probably shouldn't, especially twenty year olds with impulse control issues who mm-hmm. work for I don't know, for as contractors Their own for,
1: blog, apparently. Right. I
0: just I, I all of it. So she actually said, which is what I believe, that that if he'd wanted to actually make a change, he had the opportunity and he did nothing. In fact, even now, he doesn't have any suggestions for how we could do this better or what the improvement is. He just feels that, you know, marching in and stealing these documents and revealing them to the public and consequences be damned, you know, that's the one side of it. The other side of it is what I like to call the boo-fucking-who factor. Like, Angela Merkel has a long memory, apparently, her diplomat said. Mm-hmm. Like, can she remember all the way back to Auschwitz? <laughs> Because I can, <laughs> like, for heaven's sakes, yeah. like, oh wow, there's spying going on out there. Boo, fucking who? If yeah. if I was president and I'm not, and it's a good thing for everyone, I would have them. Just I would have the NSA just reveal everything we know about the spying efforts of all of these countries who are acting like their home is in a tree because, (laughs) oh no, people are spying on us. But I know that that would be an unsound decision because it would reveal that we knew what they were doing and we couldn't send them disinformation because that's how it works. And all of the countries are doing it. And yes, I actually agree with Mr. Snowden and Mr. Glenn... Greenwald,
1: Glenn Greenwald, yeah,
0: and Der Spiegel, yeah, this has gone too far. And I was not in favor of the Patriot Act to begin with. And this is all completely over the top rendition and things like that freaked me out way more than people listening in on Angela Merkel's cell phone. I really couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, there are things that I actually do think we need to look at, and as Senator Feinstein said. Probably make some big changes. This Mm -hmm. has gone way too far. And with the technology that we have, we're probably overdoing it. Mm -hmm. But it's been unchecked for too long because we over, I don't know if we overreacted. We reacted in a big way to the attack of 9-11. And maybe it's time to begin to dial a a lot of that back and and have a more responsible attitude. But Mm -hmm. I I am really sort of... And on the flip side, I would say to anyone, if you're looking for uh, personal privacy, then don't look to email. Email Mm -hmm. doesn't even belong to you. If you put your thoughts into an email and then give it to Google, then it's Google's. It's not yours anymore. Mm -hmm. Like if you really want to keep things private, the cell phone, the email, none of those are good places to keep things private. Those are very public, and the airwaves belong to the general public, and it's just not a very secure environment. So it's a really strange place. Also, I wonder, what's left to keep secret? Haven't we posted pretty much everything on Facebook? Like,
1: do we really have any secrets I don't know I, I've never been that person I've never been that I guess there are some things that I don't I would prefer they not be blastered all over the but internet whatever. but whatever I think maybe it's growing up in a celebrity family that makes me feel that way like we didn't have a lot of secrets and we weren't granted a lot of privacy and mom wasn't big on privacy and she was very connected to her readers and didn't yeah. live behind like big I, brick I, walls who cares? but but a lot you know it's you either are that person or you either aren't and and I don't know I, I, I just I always feel like people who are so crazy about that I, I want to say What do you have
0: to hide? Right. What is this big secret? And honestly, you're allowed to keep it, but don't plan on keeping it on email. Yeah, absolutely. If that was your your plan for keeping a secret, it's not a very good one. Right. Absolutely. Well. Letters. Nobody can—it is still a federal crime to open the mail. They can photograph the outside of the envelope, which apparently they do, but Mm. they can't—yeah, I'm not crazy about that either, but— um, thank you, Mr. Snowden. I assume that's who revealed that, but whatever. Mm. Um, but uh, but the contents are still inviolate. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, so that's been the sort of big thing that's going on. The website continues to be a problem, and then the, there was that whole terrible shooting. But we, we talked about that earlier. The we've talked about that. And we've talked about that. I'm so, we've so talked tired about of like, like it's like oh I'm God, so glad another we've... mass shooting story. Yeah.
1: Great. I'm so glad that a crazy person was taught to hate the government and given a gun. I'm so glad. God bless America.
0: Right, way to go, guys. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's your government too. It's all of our government. Then
0: you know, and I think that's really a good point to maybe end with the the wonderful movie that um, our friend Bill Condon directed mm-hmm. that we went to see about. Um, the Julian fi- Assange. Julian the, Assange, The Fifth Estate. If you yes. haven't seen it, I really recommend it. The thing that I was so struck by in seeing that film was that it it really pointed out to me that it's a movie, obviously, about Julian, but it's about alienation. Right. People, we have come to see ourselves as being separate from the government, and we're not. Mm-hmm. The government is us. Right. We talk about them and they and whatever as though it was somehow some alien force, and it it's really... It's really just us.
1: Yeah, it is. The government is
0: you. And so, Edward and everybody else, if you want to change it, there are means for doing it. And breaking into secure facilities and stealing stuff is probably – it's an option, but it's probably not the most peaceable way to go about it. And shooting people is out. Yeah. Out. Let's just – let's all agree that we're going to stop doing that. Stop shooting people. That's the pits. Stop shooting people. Right. That's what fiction is for.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, we're going to be
1: back next Sunday, this Tuesday night, in case you missed it. I will be in San Francisco with my lovely mother, signing at Books, Inc. in Opera Plaza. She will proceed on to Vancouver, and I will come back to L.A. and lie on the sofa for a while. And then go to Toronto. That's the following week. I'll be in Toronto. Oh, and this Saturday... Uh, I will be appearing at BentCon. We totally forgot to mention this, which is like gay Comic-Con here in Los Angeles, Saturday at 3.30 p.m. at the Los Angeles Burbank Marriott. I'll be giving a talk about the Heaven's Rise at BentCon, and it will also be a lot of LGBT comic book fans
2: gathering, so
1: it should be a lot of fun. And uh, now that I actually know when it is, (laughs) which people (laughs) neglected to tell me for the past few weeks. So, surprise! So, So I'll be there, but then I'll be back. So, yeah.
0: So, San Francisco, your mom's in Vancouver, and then you're at VenCon on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, there's still lots of opportunities if you haven't gotten out to see Anne or Christopher and bought their books. Excellent. Now's right. the big chance. I, I,
1: I'm done. Are you done? I'm, I'm done. done.
0: I've. That's. I think. This I think been... that's everything. I think we've covered everything.
1: Thank you to our party people for joining us again, and thank you to Shea always Butters. great to have you at the table. Absolutely, and Shay. You know, whatever. Take us out, Eric Sharquin. All right,
0: then. So it's been a very special live edition of uh, Road Reports on the Dinner Party Show's Cocktail Chatter series, and we've had our special guest and our regular co-host are the same person this week, Christopher Rice. <laughs> And uh, and all of you, thank you for joining us. Um, so, till next time, it's the dinner party show. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'm Christopher Rice. And thanks for listening.